Shalom Ubrachir Daf Mem Vov. Today's Daf discusses the Tvila of a Ger, the Tvila of an Eved, how to make sure that he remains an Eved after Tvilling, the ownership of an Eved, the Eved itself, the Eved's work. We meet the Sugya of Bishol Akum, as well as Gerus when the Ger was Mol Veloy Taval. How much of a Gerus is that? We begin at the end of Daf Mem Hey. Where we, the Gemara tells us that Rabbi Chia Bar Ami's Eved went to the mikvah l'shem nida, and Rabbi Yosef said, "I could be machsha her and her child." See, she is mutter as a full geiris, even though she didn't toivel l'shem geiris. According to Shitas Rabbi Asi, because Rabbi Asi holds that having gone to the mikvah as a nida is enough to make her a geiris. And thereby her child, even though it's a child of an Oyved Kehovim, since she was Megayeres, the mother was Megayeres, with her Tvilas Nida, the child is now a Bas Yisrael, and therefore the child is also Kasher. There was someone who was being called an Armenian, and Asi said, hang on, this woman went to the mikvah as a Nida, therefore the child is a Yid. Likewise, there was there was someone who was being called an, an Armenian, a Goy, and Rabbi Shub and Levi said he is actually Megayer when he was Toivel for his carry. And the Shalos Minashamayim, the Teisvis who learned with the Malach, bring from here that you see that Tevila's carry actually requires a full Tevila, and uh, the Tishakavin of taking a long shower would not suffice. So one should definitely be Machmer for Tevila's carry to go to full neck. Next, of Chama Bar Gurya, and says in the name of Rav. That if someone buys an Eved from a guy, and then the Eved goes to the mikvah, toivels as a ben chayrin to become free, that Eved is now a free man. Why? Because the guy who owned this Eved previously did not own the body of the Eved himself. And he only sold whatever he owned to the Yid. Since he first toiveled before the Yid took ownership of him. He's no longer an Eved and no longer Meshubid to his owner. This is like what Rava says, that Hektish Chometz and Shechor, which is Kedushas HaGov, will free from slavery. Next, Rav Chista asks, We have a story of Blurya Hagiyaris. She was being Megayeris, but before she was Megayeris, her slaves were, they toiveled before her. When they told this over to the Chachamim, the Chachamim Paskin, that all of her slaves became free with that Tvila. However, that story was when they toiveled first. However, if they had toiveled after Bluria, their master, they would not have gone free. That's contrary to what we've been saying until now, that even while under the ownership of a Goy, if an Eved goes to the Mikvah, they would be free. Mashmahir, that they would not. It was only because they went to the mikvah before her. Rava answers that if they go to the mikvah before their master, whether they ex- specify why they're going to the mikvah for Kheiris or not, whether they specified why they're going to the mikvah or said that it's for freedom, since they go first, they will be free. However, if they go after her, then they can still free themselves if they specify that that's why they're going to the mikvah. But if they went to the mikvah stam, they would not be free. Rabbi Avia says that this halacha does not change 
This halacha was only said when buying an Eved from a Goy. But a Goy himself? There, it's not that you only own the work of the Goy. You actually would own the Goy if the Goy sells himself as an Eved. Because the Pasuk says, You actually are koina them. They can't be koina a Jew. And they can't be koina each other. The Gemara clarifies. A Goy cannot be koina a Yid. If, if you're going to tell me that that means he cannot be koina a Yid's work, we know that he can because the Pasuk says, And Mar explains that that's referring to a Goy. Elamaya means that a Goy cannot buy the goof of a Yid. And the Torah tells us, you can, however, be koine a goy, which also means you can be koine a goy's guf. Rav Acha asked, maybe the Torah is only telling us that you can be koine a goy if you actually pay for him, or he goes to the mikvah. But if he goes to the mikvah, l'shem ben chayrin, to be free, l'chayrin, he would be free. And the Gemara says that that is, in fact, a kasha. Next, Shmuel tells us, that when an Evid is going to the mikvah to become a Jewish slave, the owner must hold him in the water to retain the ownership of the slave. Otherwise, this same act of going to the mikvah can free him. An example brought is the slaves of Ravashi. He wanted to table them, and he asked Ravina, Rav Acha, Rava, to take care of the tvila. They put a rope around his neck loosely, and then they tightened it as he went down into, into the water. First it was loose so that it wouldn't be a chatzitza, and then they loosened it, and then they tightened it to retain his avdos. And as soon as he came out to show that he was not a tvila of Ben Chayrin, they immediately gave him a pail of cement to bring to his master, to show that none of this tvila was for freedom. The Rambam says in Mechudosh Tigger thing about Avdus that all the halachas of Avdus were given bidiyevet since Avdus was rampant. Everyone owned a slave. The Torah gave us guidelines how to own a slave in a humanitarian way. But nowadays, it would be usher. Fascinating approach of the Rambam. A lot of these halachas are socially uncomfortable nowadays. Next, your Papa tells Rava. Papa Bar Abba used to pay the taxes of people in the city and that would make them a shubit to him, and they would work for him in return for him paying their taxes. The question is, do they need a get chayros in order to relinquish their avdus to him? Are they avodim because he paid their taxes? He said, well, the king owns his subjects by means of these taxes. And he says, look, if you want to pay taxes for him, then now you own them. When Rechiyabar Abba came to the town of Gavla, he saw that the Jewish women there were pregnant from Gerim who got a brismila, but they had not gone to the mikvah. He also saw that their wine was being diluted by Goyim, and the Jews were drinking it. He also saw this dish called Tormusin, that the Goyim were cooking and the Jews were eating it. However, he did not say anything. When he came to Revi'echan and Revi'echan and said, you have to go tell them that these women's children are mamzerim because the gerim who they married did not go to the mikvah and are therefore not Jewish. The wine that they're drinking is yaya nesech. And this turmasan that they're eating is also because of bishol akum, since they're not b'nei toiro. 
The Gemara explains that this is specifically going on the Bishul Akum component. The Gemara says, really? Like, if they were B'nai Torah, then they could eat Bishul Akum? We learned that anything that cannot be eaten raw and is then cooked by a guy is usher as Bishul Akum. However, Rabbi Yechanan was holding of a different opinion that quotes Rav Shmuel Bar Yitzchak differently, that the food must be oile al shulchan melachim, worthy of a king to eat, in order for it to be usher regarding Bishalakim. Therefore, if they had in fact been B'nai Torah, Rabbi Yochanan would not have said to usher this particular dish, because it was not oile al shulchan melachim. Next, the Gemara says, we have three opinions regarding a ger and half a gerus. Number one, Rabbi Yezer says, if a ger had a bris mila but did not go to the mikvah, he is still a ger because the avos had a bris mila but did not go to the mikvah. We're assuming that they were Jewish. Number two, we have Rabbi Yeshua who says that if a ger goes to the mikvah but does not get a bris mila, he is still a ger because that's what the imohis did. They didn't have bris mila, they were women, but they did go to the mikvah. The chachamim hold that a ger is not a ger until he has a bris and goes to the mikvah. The Gemara asks, why doesn't Rabbi Yeshua learn from the others and Rabbi Eliezer learn from the Imohais? Well, maybe we wouldn't learn from the Imohais because how could we learn a male ger from a woman from the Imohais? They were not able to do bris mila. That's not an issue because the Brisa tells us, Rabbi Eliezer holds. How do we know that we do carbon Pesach for generations to come after Mitzrayim? How do we know that carbon Pesach must be bought with, with chulin and not with miser? Well, the carbon Pesach in Mitzrayim was bought with chulin because miser didn't exist then. So too, the carbon Pesach Lederis must only be brought from chulin. And over there, Rabbi Akiva says, well, hang on. They had no option of buying their carbon Pesach from miser in Mitzrayim. It didn't exist. And nevertheless, even though it was impossible, you can learn a possibility from an impossibility. You can learn carbon Pesach must be brought from Chulin, from a case where Kompesach Pesach could not have been brought from Chulin. Likewise, why not learn that a ger must have a brismila, even though we're learning from a mois, which could not have had brismila? The Gemara answers, really everyone agrees that if a ger goes to the mikvah but does not have a brismila, it's a good gerus. They're arguing when he had a bris but did not go to the mikvah. That's where Rabbi Lezer says, we learn from the Avis, and Rabbi Yeshua says, how do we know that the others went to the mikvah? Maybe from the pasuk, Over there, they did not need to clean their, their clothing, kibos, but they still needed tevila. So over here, when you need kibos, you need tevila. Maybe they were just doing tevila for nikios, for cleanliness. They weren't doing it l'shem tahara for a mikvah. Rather, they learn it. The others went to the mikvah from the Pasuk. We never do hazo'a, sprinkling of blood, without a tevila. Okay, next will be Yeshua says, How do we know that the mothers, the imahis, went to the mikvah? He says, That's a svara. Because they didn't do mila, how else would they have been megayer? Megayer. Next will be Chiyabar Abba Omer of Yechanan says, he paskened that a ger is not a ger until he has bris and tevila. Isn't that obvious? Well, why, you, why do you need a pasken like that? That's what the Chachamim hold. And Yochev Rabbim Halachik Rabbim, of course, who paskened like the Chachamim. The Gemara answers that this Chachamim is not your typical mass Chachamim. This was the opinion of Rabbi Yoisi, titled the Chachamim. We learn in a brisa 
if someone shows up and says, I have a bris, but not Tevila. Well, we give him Tevila and he's a ger. That's according to Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda. But Rabbi Yossi says, we're not going to Tevila him. This is talking about on Shabbos. You can't do a Geris on Shabbos because that's Tikkun Gavra. However, according to Rabbi Yehuda, you can't Tevila him because since he already has the Mila, he's already a Yid. There's a Shaila about a Ger which was Molvaloi Toval. Does he have to be Mechalal Shabbos or not? Many opinions in the Achronim. Now, Mar tells us that we will be Toival Eger on Shabbos. Well, isn't that obvious? So Rabbi Yehuda told us that having Mila or Tevila is enough to be Megayer him. Since he already has his Mila, he's already Megayer. Doing a Tevila on Shabbos would not be Mesak in Gavra. What's the Chedah? Because I would have thought that maybe according to Yehuda, the Iker is really the Tevila. And therefore, even though he has a bris, we should not do Tevila on Shabbos because that's Mesak and Gavra. Kamash Malon, the Rav Yehuda does not say that Tevila is the Iker. They're both Iker. Either one works 100%. Mila or Tevila. Next, Rav Yaisi asks, well, Rav Yaisi told us that we would not Tevil this Molvaloi Taval on Shabbos. Well, isn't that obvious? Rabbi Yossi told us that you need both. Therefore, toiveling would be Mesak and Gavra. No, the Gemara says, I might have thought that Rabbi Yossi holds that Mila is the Iker. Since he already has his Mila, we can be toivelim. And it's not Mesak and Gavra. He already has his Mila, Kamash Malon. Then Rabbi Yossi holds that you absolutely need both. And the Tevila would be the culmination of the Tikkun Gavra. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.